But um, we're talking today about passion for Christ, not the passion of the Christ. That was a movie. You see that movie? I don't ever want to see it again. Saw it once is enough. I don't ever want to see it again. I just can't take it. And uh, but we're talking about having passion for Christ. And we sang about that today, about open up the doors and let the mountains tremble. And so we have one phrase we're going to focus on, but let's set a little bit larger context here. Romans 12, 9 through 11, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. There's a lot of evil around, isn't there? Everywhere. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. There's 25, 30-some, one another's in the Bible. Here's some of them. Not lagging behind diligence. But here's the key phrase. Fervent in spirit. Say, fervent in spirit. Let's try that again. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Now turn over to chapter 14, verse 17. These people were having a problem figuring out what was the right food to eat and drink because the Jews had certain food and drink laws and now all that's gone by the wayside in Christianity. So what do we, what's, what's acceptable to eat, what's not? And Paul says in this text, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Not about that, don't worry about that. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He said, that's what the kingdom's about. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God's about, not whether crabs are clean or unclean or catfish and bacon's clean or unclean, but that's all by the wayside. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. So let's talk about passion for Christ and let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, as we have this message today. I'm still thinking back there about Peter and John. It says they were ignorant, unlearned men, but they took note of them as having been with Jesus. There is no better place than being with Jesus. Whether you're on the mountain or in the valley, I remember, Father, that young man that was corrected by a veteran that he made 20 grammatical mistakes in his sermon. And the man said, where'd you go to college? And he said, I ain't been to college, but I've been to Calvary. And I know, Father, that's not a, an excuse or a license to be ignorant. We need knowledge and barrels of it. But all Father in heaven, an up-close glimpse at Jesus, like Paul had, will cause us to be fervent in spirit. So I pray, Father, today, as many years ago, Kim said, keep preaching, you're going to thaw out these frosty bones. May your word thaw out any frosty bones today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our subject is about passion, excitement, enthusiasm for Christ. As you likely know, most words have multiple meanings. Not just one. 
For example, I was walking back home from the store when I fell back in the process. I hurt my back, but I got back up. <laughs> there, the word back is used as a noun, an adjective, an adverb, all in the same sentence. Words have, most words have multiple, multiple meanings. The word passion, what does that mean to you? Well, it has, it has multiple meanings in multiple contexts, but it, here's, here's one of the definitions of passion. A very strong feeling about something or a belief. A strong feeling or belief about something. You might say passion is a, a strong feeling about someone. And that's true. We can have passion for Jesus. Well, we're not quite ready for that, but it's all right. Um, the word excitement means something that arouses enthusiasm and eagerness. We're talking about passion, excitement, and enthusiasm. Take a look at this slide. Thank you, Alex. Uh, these two words right here are Greek words spelled in English. This word, how would you say that word? Guess what that word is in English? In. <laughs> That's right. This word is theos. Anybody know what that word means? It means God. It means God. If you know anything about English, English is a, is a conglomeration of all kinds of languages. Many Greek words are, are now English words been transliterated like baptism, pharmacy, gymnasium. Those are all Greek words made into English words. Right here, in theos would be in God. Do you see how this word right here originates from that right there? See how they're related? We call that cognates. They're, they're related. In enthusiasm, in theos. This word right here, its original meaning means to be in God. If you have enthusiasm, you were considered to be in theos, in God. That's the background of that word. Um, Paul said in Romans 12, 11, as we read, being fervent in the spirit. Let's roll to the next slide. Do we have that quote? Yes, fervor. Notice this, fervor is used of water boiling. See, Paul said, be fervent in the spirit. That word fervent is used in, in the other context in the original language of water boiling or metal. Ever see metal glowing with heat? Like a blacksmith uh, forges a horseshoe in the iron, not too much of that going on. Maybe in Ethan's world there is. He's a, a farrier. It means to be full of energy, to be full on fire with zeal and enthusiasm. It's a warning against setting, settling into comfortable, shallow ruts in our spiritual lives. Paul says literally that we must be glowing or burning in the Spirit. When he says be fervent in the Spirit, he's, he's saying don't be the opposite of that which is shallow, dim, but be like water that's hot, like metal that's full of heat in Christ. The biblical record reveals people from all eras that had passion for God. Let's just note three from the Old Testament. Exodus 14, 20 and 21 says, Miriam the prophetess, uh, <clears throat> whose uh, sister was she? Well, it says Aaron, right? <laughs> That's right. Who else? 
Moses took the timbrel. Maybe that's a tambourine in her hand. All the women went out after her with timbrels and with dancing. Mary answered them, sing to the Lord. He's highly exalted. The horse and rider he has hurled into the sea. That's the song of Moses. After, after God drowned the Egyptian army, the Israelites sang about floating dead bodies. <laughs> God has drowned them in the sea. They were rejoicing in the Lord. They had passion. Let's look at another one. I don't think we can imagine, I'm sure we can't, how great Israel was when Solomon was her king. We, but she was never at, any, at her height. She was at her apex, her zenith during the reign of Solomon. Who, whose son was he? That's right, King David. Notice what the Bible says about Solomon. Roll the slide, please. Zadok the priest then took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the trumpet and all the people said, long live King Solomon. The people went up after him and the people were playing on the flutes and rejoicing with great joy so that the earth shook at their noise. Did you ever hear the ground shake because a people made it shake? I've been to auto racing. I'm a big racing fan, NHRA, drag racing, 11,000 horsepower. The ground shakes. But when those people rejoiced, the Bible says the ground shook at the coronation of King Solomon. Wow, what that must have looked like. Nehemiah 12, verse 43 says, on that day, they offered sacrifices and rejoiced because God had given them great joy. It says, even the women and children rejoiced. I don't know why it says that, but it, they're allowed to rejoice too. The joy of Jerusalem was heard from afar. The Jews had gone back home and rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem. And now the people were excited. The noise was heard from afar. We're people of the new covenant. We live in the new covenant, the last era, Bible history, the Christian era, the period of the New Testament. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Those people didn't know who Jesus was that we just quoted. They, they, they knew who God was, but they didn't understand the Trinity. We understand that because we have more information. But they had passion for Yahweh in the Old Testament. Jesus created passion. Jesus created enthusiasm. Jesus created excitement in people. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That when Jesus encountered people, he transformed them. They became excited, enthused, and, and had passion. I like all kinds of music and secular and some, not all secular music. I don't like rap. Somebody said it's one, the letter C should go in front of it. I don't know about that. But uh, anyway, I, I, uh, uh, I like various styles of Christian music and I like hymns and I like modern music. But I love this hymn. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died there alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. When then, when, when with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see. T'will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love 
for me. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Amen. Jesus created passion. He created excitement. He created in theos, in people, enthusiasm. I want to note three times when Jesus created these these uh, concepts and people. First, at his birth. At his birth. Let's talk about Christmas for a moment in April. Just briefly here a little bit. The, word, the world had waited rather about 4,000 years for a Messiah to be born. They were taught in the Garden of Eden. Even God told in the Garden of Eden, told Adam that one would come, told the devil rather one would come and the devil would bruise his heel, but... This one would bruise the devil's head. Genesis 3.15, the first proclamation of a, of a Messiah. So the people in the Old Testament knew that there was a Savior, a Messiah coming that would save them from their sins, his birth. As the Lamb of God was first announced to people that were keepers of sheep. Isn't that interesting? John the Baptist said, look, at, there's the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God was first announced to people that took care of sheep. What are they called? Shepherds. Take a look at this scripture, Luke chapter two, verse 20. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as had been told to them. It's not every day. It's not every day that an angel appears to you, <laughs> but an angel appeared to them. You'd be shocked too. And said, unto you, this day is born a savior in Bethlehem, who is Christ the Lord. And they went and they made haste. And the text says when they came back, they glorified God and praised him. Wouldn't you say they had passion? They were excited. They were so excited. There, there's a man connected to the Christmas story. He's old. He has white hair and a beard. And his name begins with the letter S. Does anybody know who he is? Not Santa Claus. Not him. I set you up. It's a man named Simeon. Simeon was waiting for the Messiah. And Simeon is not a main character in this divine drama. He's, he's an extra in, in this divine scene. He's, he, he's just an extra. He, he's not Mary. He's not Joseph. He's not the shepherds. But, but he is involved in... Notice what the scripture says about him, Luke 2, 25 and following. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout. Notice that. He was, he was passionate about his God. He was looking for the consolation of Israel. Who was upon him? I left one of those out. Look at the next one. I didn't leave it out. I forgot to bold it. He'd been revealed to him by the, I should have bold that, the Holy Spirit again. He would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the what? The Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. When he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, releasing your bondservant to die in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon was a righteous, devout God-fearing man, 
And what term do you see that is characterized about this man? The Holy Spirit was in his life, involved in his life, revealing to him. And Simeon had been revealed by God that, that he would see the Messiah. The Holy Spirit told him that. And when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to dedicate him as a child, Simeon is there and he, he takes the baby Jesus in his arms. It's a whole man. And he holds the Messiah and he says, this one is a light to my people and also to we. Johnny come lately is over here on the other side. You know, what, you know what Simeon said after he held that baby? He said, now I can die happy. Now I can die happy. Notice what he said. You're releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. He said, now I can die happy. I've lived, I've seen everything I need to see. The Messiah is here. I want to tell you about another elderly man was also full of the Holy Spirit. You didn't know Dan Schaefer. Dan Schaefer was a Midwestern hog farmer. He was just an ordinary guy, Christian. Dan Schaefer was a, was a, a song leader. And he led singing on, on, in many camps and in, in many revivals. I've worked with him in revivals and in camps. And, and, and Dan would, was known, Randy, to run from, he didn't play guitar like you, run from one side of the stage to the other. And he would get people fired up. And he was, we would sing a song, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited in the Lord. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited in the Lord. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited in the, with, in the Lord. When you walk with the Lord, you don't get bored. Sing hallelujah, amen. And then he would go, yeah. And the people would love it. And people would get fired up, man. Dan Schaefer, too, died in peace. He died in Christ. He died happy with passion, excitement, and entheos, enthusiasm for his God. Let me ask you, do any of those three words characterize you? Passion, excitement, enthusiasm for Jesus? Well, people were passionate about his birth, but secondly, they were passionate in his ministry, in his ministry. During his ministry, Jesus turned the lives of many people from despair to delight, from ruin to rejoicing, from sin to salvation, from hell to heaven, from gloom to glee. Jesus did that for countless numbers of people. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus do that for all people? No, he didn't. Because there were some people that rejected him, just like today. There are people that reject him. They won't listen. When Jesus <clears throat> met this man named Legion, Legion was full of demons. And the Bible says that he was living in the cemetery. Any of you live in a cemetery? You live in a cemetery. And, and, the, and the Bible says he was screaming at the bottom of his lungs or top of his lungs, screaming out in anguish. He, he was taking rocks and he was flagellating his body and cutting himself because maybe, maybe cutting himself felt better than the pain in his soul. He was flagellating himself. And the Bible says he was naked. 
and he had chains hanging off his arms because the people had tried to shackle him and because of the devil's power, he snapped those shackles like nothing. You got the picture here? This guy is tormented. He's, he, his life is destroyed. And then Jesus said to him, what is your name? Jesus healed that man. Jesus cast the demons out of that man and they drowned 2,000 hogs. And when Jesus got ready to go, Legion want to go with him. Wherever you're going, Jesus, I'm going to. Jesus said, no, you can't do that. You got to stay here. Now look at this scripture. Notice what it says. They came to Jesus and observed the, demon, the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. Wouldn't you say Jesus cleans people up pretty well? <laughs> this guy, I just told you all, all of his characteristics. Now he, he's got clothes on. He's able to sit down without screaming. And he's in his right mind. That's what Jesus did for him. And Legion was passionate. Roll the slide, Alex. He went away. Legion began to proclaim in Decapolis. That means 10 cities. Deca means 10. Polis means town. 10 towns. What great things Jesus had done for him and everyone was why? Amazed at this guy. Would you say Legion had passion for Jesus? Oh, yeah. He was excited about what Jesus had done for him. Maybe the other people weren't, but I'll give you an example of that. In John 9, Jesus, hold this back, this tech, back it up, Alex. We're not ready for that yet. Um, let me set the background. Jesus healed a man who had been blind from birth. And there were only two people happy about it. You know who the two people were? The blind man and Jesus. Everybody else is mad as, mad as a hornet with a rock thrown in his nest. The Pharisees are mad because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. You can't be on the Sabbath. Blah, blah, blah. His mom and dad are mad because now they're, now they're asking them, is this your boy? What's going on here? And they're feeling pressure. They're mad about it. Only Jesus and the blind man were happy. This blind man saw grass for the first time. He looked into his mother's eyes for the first time. He saw what hands looked like. He saw feet. He actually saw what food looked like and what water looked like. And nobody will have a party with him. You know what they did to that man? They kicked him out of church. They gave him the heave-ho. You're out of here, pal. John 9, Alex, now roll it. Thank you, Jesus heard that they put him out. John 9, 35, 38. They put him out, you see. You see, Jesus interrupted their religion. <laughs> That's why a lot of people just want religion. They don't, they don't want a, a radical relationship with Jesus. They just want religion, and I can do my own thing the rest of the week. Doesn't work that way, friend. For finding him, Jesus said to him, do you believe in the Son of Man? He's answered, who is he, Lord, and that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have both seen him and he's the one who's talking with you. And he said, who's he? The blind man. Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Let me tell you something. That blind man didn't care what the Pharisees thought. He didn't care what his mom and dad thought. What he cared about was what Jesus thought. 
Because Jesus had healed him of a great malady, now he could see. Oh, you get excited about Jesus, people won't celebrate with you either. <laughs> Maybe Justin, your Facebook posts aren't getting as many likes nowadays, brother. <laughs> people, people aren't as excited about those things about Jesus that you put on there. I, I commend you. Keep it up, brother. There are many examples of people that Jesus, Zacchaeus, Mary Magdalene, the woman at the well, the woman of Simon the Pharisee's house that was burdened about her sin, why, why, wetting Jesus' feet with her hair. How about the paralyzed man that Jesus healed, the deaf and dumb man? And Jesus said, don't tell anybody. Guess what he did? Told everybody. <laughs> How about Peter, Andrew, James, and John and the other, the other apostles? And How about you? Jesus brought passion, healing, enthusiasm, excitement into the lives of so many people. You've, most of you have heard me mention this story more than once. I ask you that they've heard it to hear it again. Back in 2016, our oldest son, Chris, graduated from the University of Maryland College Park. And, 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 and graduation is about one step above a root canal. You're there because your kid's graduating. There's 3,000 other kids there. That's, it's just, just ugh, graduation. You just got to get through it. That's how I felt down in the Xfinity Center. And I'm sitting there. And then the founder of Under Armour, Kevin Plank, got up to speak. And I'm telling you, he got my attention. That's not why I'm telling you this story. He said, if you don't have passion in life, you're not going to be successful. You've got to have passion, whatever you're doing. That was his message. I never, I sat there crying. It was unbelievable. You go to, you go to University of Maryland... 2016 commencement on YouTube and listen to Kevin Plank's commencement message. Powerful. When graduation was over, the university president, Dr. Wallace Lowe, Asian man, Chinese man, doesn't even know when his birthday is. If you go on Wikipedia, it says he's either 74 or 75 years of age. Doesn't know how old he is exactly. Dr. Lowe had asked the students, in six words or less, I want you to characterize the graduates, your time here at College Park, in six words or less. And he read several of them off. And I don't remember any of them except one. This person said, in four words, here I found myself. That person said, here, I found myself. Let's, let's pass a little judgment on that person. Can we do that? I don't know who they are. You don't either. What were they saying? Were they saying, before I came to College Park, I didn't know who I was. Is that fair? You agree with that? I, they were saying, I didn't know who I was. I, 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 I Would you say they agree with that? They were saying, I... I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, my career. 
I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my career was going to be. But here in College Park, I found myself. That's powerful. If you ask all those people, like Legion, Mary Magdalene, and the blind man, and Zacchaeus, they will all tell you in heaven, when I found Jesus Christ, I found myself. I got to thinking, this November 27th, what's that, about seven months away, something like that? It's on a Monday. On the 27th of November this year, I will have been a Christian for 40 years. That's a big anniversary. And I will say to you, as a child that came from home of an alcoholic, with an insecurity and low self-esteem, when I came to Jesus Christ on November 27, 1983, I found myself. I found it in Jesus. And so did all those people. In his birth, in his ministry, lastly, in his salvation, which we've already talked about from my personal perspective. We have biblical records of people that got passionate, excited, and enthused. What does enthusiasm mean? God in you. When they came to salvation in Jesus, let's, let's hurry along here. Acts 8, 39, this is the eunuch. After he was, well, you tell me, they came up out of the water. The Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch saw, no longer saw him, but he went on his way rejoicing. Man's from Africa. He already left his birth religion, became a Jew. Now he becomes a Christian on the Gaza Strip. When he came, when he came, he came out of the water, what, what was that act he was involved in there? He was baptized. The eunuch, you know what he came out of the water with? Passion excitement and enthusiasm. That's what he came up with. Yeah. Jesus will do that for you. Let's talk about the jailer, Alex. Acts 16. Wanted to kill himself, thought the prisoners were going to escape because of an earthquake, opened the jailhouse doors. He brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with all his household. Notice it says, after the jailer was baptized, that's what it's talking about there, he rejoiced greatly. You think he just said, oh, oh happy day, I'm a Christian. <laughs> he rejoiced greatly. Yeah, passion, excitement, enthusiasm. We have three points of application to make here and then we'll be finished. We have passion because our past is forgiven. Let me ask you a question. We have passion because our past is forgiven. Do we have that? Is that on the past? Not there, we missed that, all right. Missed that one. We, you can, it's in your bulletin. We have passion because our past is forgiven. Let me ask you a question. Can't you get excited about what Jesus has done for you? <laughs> There's an old song that says, it's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling in my soul. They're singing and laughing since Jesus made me whole. Folks can't understand it, nor can I keep it quiet. It's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling day and night. Imagine with me this morning. That all of, well, you tell me, all of uh, Adolf Hitler's sins were put on that screen. You think that'd be very pretty to look at? 
How about all of Hugh Hefner's sins? You think that'd be? Oh. How about all your sins? We want to see that? We want to roll the tape on that? Nope. Nope. Here's the greatest thing you got going for you. Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Psalms 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed our transgressions from us. Psalms 103, 12. The greatest thing we've got going for us is this. Jesus dropped the charges against us. He said, I'll pay for them. By what Joe told us last Sunday in his meditation. We have passion because our past is forgiven. Secondly, we are excited because our present is secure. Our present is secure. If all you did was watch the news all day long, you would be a candidate to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and get one of those sporks. You know what a spork is? And stab yourself right in the heart. If all you did was watch the news all day long, you'd stab yourself with a Kentucky Fried Chicken spork. I mean, can you imagine where things have come in our country and our world? Are you aware that there is a civil war? It's not civil, but there's a war going on in our country right now. Are you aware of that? Are you, do you know whose side you're on? Have you thought about the consequences of that? You better if you haven't. That's what's going on in our country. But all that being said, I'm not, I'm not ready to stab myself with a KFC spork. I don't, I lay awake at night, but I don't lay awake at night fretting. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I had a professor in Bible college. He was a World War II veteran. He, he got trapped behind enemy, the German lines, Bill. He got trapped behind the German lines and he, he found his way out without being captured. One day, Dr. Brad Burnett said to me, and I quote, David, I don't have very many bad days. <laughs> Does that mean that life's always good? Of course not. The man been through war. He said, I don't have very many bad days. What was he saying? Right, that message on the screen. Matthew 6, 30 and 33. But if God so clothes the grass, the grass of the field, Matthew 6, 30, which is alive tomorrow, is thrown in the furnace. Will you not much more clothe you? What's the answer to that? Affirmative. You have little faith. Do not worry. See that? See that? Then saying, what shall we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? And the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Your heavenly father knows you need all these things. That's what I love the best about that scripture. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Isn't it wonderful to know that God knows what our needs are? He already knows that. And, and he said, don't worry about it. You do what you can. Let God take care of the rest. Amen? Acts 2.46, Alex. Day by day, continue with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals with sadness and depression of heart. <laughs> with gladness and sincerity of heart. Yeah, the world is bad shape and our country is in terrible shape. But our, 
present is secure regardless of what happens. Somebody takes me hostage and says, I'm going to kill you. Listen, fool, you're threatening me with heaven, Jack. You understand what you're threatening me with? You're threatening me with heaven, pal. Lastly, we're enthused because our future is perfect. Our future is perfect. After Jesus comes, not when we die. You don't get a new body when you die. You get that after Jesus comes. You're in heaven as a soul. But after Jesus comes, we're going to get a new body. And that new body is not going to get fat. It's not going to age. Your hair is not going to fall out. not going to turn gray. No wrinkles. It's going to be a perfect body. Can't you get excited about that? Let me tell you something. The greatest aspect of heaven is going to be the fact that we are going to be in the presence of God himself. Revelation 21.3, we don't have that on the screen, but it's, here's what it says. God himself will be among them. Can't you get excited about that? God himself will be among them. What must that be like? There's an old song, George Melton. Some of you knew George Melton. He sang it a lot. It wasn't original with him. I bowed on my knees and cried holy. One of Warren Young's most favorite songs. Here's how it goes. I'm... Three minutes away. As I entered the gates of that city, my loved ones all knew me well. They took me down the streets of heaven. Such scenes were too many to tell. I saw Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. I talked with Mark and Timothy. But I said, I want to see Jesus. Because he's the one who died for me. I bowed on my knees and cried, holy. Someone said the blind hymn writer Fanny Crosby wrote many great hymns, Blessed Assurance, many others. It's a shame that you've never seen all the beautiful things of God's creation. She said, no, the first sight I will ever see will be that of my Heavenly Father. <laughs> Pretty good answer, huh? Hebrews 11.10 says of Abraham. Abraham was looking for a city which has foundations, his architect and builder is God. Pure waters of life, they're flowing. All who drink it will be free. Where jewels of splendor are glowing, how beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. 2 Corinthians 5, 8. Be absent from the bodies to be home with the Lord. You know, uh, a lot of people close to me died in the past year. I think about Pam Drogas. Pam died in May. and Harriet died in, I think, July. And Jack Cottrell, my own mother, Sharon. Others, others are well would put those in there. My, oh, my. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. When all my labors and trials are o'er, and I'm safe on that beautiful shore. Just to be near the dear Lord I adore. Twill through the ages be glory for me. Oh, that will be glory for me, glory for me, glory for me. When by his grace I shall look on his face. Yes, that will be glory. Be glory for me. Passion. Excitement enthusiasm for Christ. Do you have it? Let's pray.